What's up, guys? It's Taylor Noriega. Welcome back to another episode of the Vital Vita podcast. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, my fiance, Nate Noriega. Um, and, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to bring him on was just to, number one, um, open you guys up to a little more of, of my life. Um, and another part is just to talk to, to him about his life and health and fitness, his career switch that he made um, in you know recent years, um, and how he keeps up with his health in his new occupation. So you'll learn a little bit about him today, um, and we'll talk a little bit about our life together and you know how we've been raising our daughter. Um, so hopefully, you know she grows up healthy and, and strong because you know everyone wants the best for their kid. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's get into it. Hello, hello. All right, we are back um, with Eric here, as always. What's up, man? What is up? And now we've got Nate on the show today. What's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> so how do you feel about, about being on, on my podcast today? Well, never been on a podcast before, so it'll be interesting to do. But I'm excited to be here, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, and uh, we can get into it. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So as usual, we are going to get uh, we're going to start off with the studies of the day. So first off, um, there was a study called or there was a study on how high fat diets may overactivate destructive heart disease proteins. Um, now, this one was really interesting because it showed that consumption of a high fat diet might be activating a response in the heart that is causing um, what is it? that is causing destructive growth and leads to greater risk of heart attacks. Uh, but we do have to remember that this study was done on mice, um, and it found that the cells in the mice have the, of the high-fat diet had twice the amount of oxidative stress and had cardiac hypertrophy. The mice were fed 45% fats, 20% protein, and 35% carbs, which is kind of interesting uh, because, yes, the fats are high, but the carbs are still pretty moderate. And there's evidence to suggest that in humans, um, what is it? There are benefits to low-fat or low-carb diets, but the disadvantages come when both the fats and carbs are moderate to high. Also, I really couldn't find anywhere in the study, you know, what kinds of fats that they were feeding the mice. And, you know, this is important to know because in humans, we know different fats have different effects. There are inflammatory fats that, you know, cause distress. And then there's anti-inflammatory fats that, you know, benefit our, our bodies. So this one I wanted to start off with because I thought it was interesting. Um, but I wanted to use it to show why it's so important to keep reading beyond the headline uh, because, you know, it's it's demonizing like high fat diets and things. And uh, by the end of it, you know, even the scientists admit that, you know, there's still more research to be conducted uh, and there's still more research as to why this certain protein that they found was the thing that was causing um, heart disease. So number one, remember that it was done on mice, which is much different than humans. I mean, similar, but different. Uh, and then, you know, last but not least, there's always more research to be done. So that one was. I thought was a good one to start off with. Uh, the other one was on uh, the right five a day mix is two servings of fruit and three servings of vegetables for a longer life. 
And this study analyzed data from the nurse's health study and the health professional's follow-up study, which showed that eating five daily servings of fruits and veggies, specifically with a ratio of two fruits and three veggies, is likely the optimal amount for a longer life. Um, and so, you know, typically it's, re- it's recommended to eat four to five servings of fruits and veggies. However, it's rarely specified how much of each and what types of fruits and veggies are best. So this study found that green leafy vegetables, so things like spinach, lettuce, kale, um, and fruits and veggies rich in beta carotene and vitamin C, like citrus fruits, berries, carrots, all showed benefits. But starchy vegetables like potato, corn, peas, and things like fruit juices were not associated with observed benefits. So Personally, I think this is great because, you know, when someone goes to the doctor and their blood levels don't look great and the doctor is like, hey, you know, I really think you should start eating healthier. Eat your fruits and veggies. This gives us specifics now. This gives us what can actually benefit us and what can actually help, you know, prolong life and give us high quality life as well. So... Remember, it's still just an analytical study, um, and randomized control trials are typically the gold standard, so it would be really interesting to see more research done. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, the fruit one's interesting to me. Um, I, I like fruits and vegetables. Those are, those are staples in, in my food, but uh, I've never, yeah, it, like you said, nobody's ever told me, like, exactly what ve- fruits and vegetables I should be eating, like, like you know, Five years ago, I would have said, yeah, just potatoes. Like, that's a vegetable. Yeah. Um, you know, like, is mayonnaise an instrument? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, so so to have somebody actually break down and say, like, leafy vegetables or, you know, exactly what I should be looking for and how I can switch up my diet it is really interesting. And that's something that I, I think we should uh, post a list of kind of what some good mixes, some good uh, ideas for people to. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Um there's some really good stuff when people say, you know, hey, eat the rainbow. And it talks about when you're eating your fruits and vegetables, you want to eat. No, not the not Skittles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eat the rainbow with your vegetables. So you want all sorts of, you know, colors, <laughs> colors. Why are you laughing so much at that? I don't know. Because <laughs> you brought um, Nate in here. It's <laughs> Because <laughs> Nate's, Nate's now part of today's podcast. He yeah. gets to he gets to be in on the tangents. Um, so I think, you know, the saying, eat the rainbow with your fruits and veggies is really important because, um, you know, if you think about starches, they all tend to be beige and white, right? So when you're eating the rainbow, you're getting more of the cruciferous stuff. You're getting more, uh, you're getting more vitamins. Like the what? Cruciferous. So the things. Is that like a Scrabble word of the day or <laughs> what? Like. What does that mean? So it's like carrots, celery, Brussels sprouts, broccoli. Those are going to be your cruciferous veggies. You know, they've got that. They've got the fiber that the indigestible fiber that um, what is it helps clean out your gut. It helps your digestive system. It feeds your microbiome. Um, So, yeah, getting getting a high variety of colors gives you a high variety of nutrients, um, which in turn now we know helps prolong life. Uh, But like I said, more research is always needed because these studies are very very interesting but there's always more questions at the end of at the end of each study so I just I love the specificity because I really really I feel for those people who you know they go like I said they go into the doctor their blood levels don't look great and they're just given this generic advice of uh you know exercise more and eat better okay well what does that mean right so incorporating more veggies uh like the ones mentioned in this study are ones that can help benefit you and your life. So going back to that fat study with the mice, uh, it's kind of interesting because like with the prevalence of ketogenic diets now, um, 
a lot of people eat those high fat diets, but I don't think they're really doing keto, right? Because they're also eating a lot of carbs. So can you kind of go into like what is more of the correct way to do keto and how to prevent something like that from happening to those people? Oh, coming in. That's <laughs> yeah, that's like a really good question. So with keto, I think this is the thing that people kind of mess up when it comes to keto is that they think, oh, high fat. So they just start eating a lot of fats. They just they don't change anything about their diet. They just add a lot of butter and they just, you know, eat more red meats and things like that. So it's you know, it's like I said, they're getting the high fats, but these mice were still getting moderate carbs. Um and also, again, we don't know the types of fats that these that these mice were eating. So if you wanted to do like a truly ketogenic diet, um, it's honestly somewhere around like 10 to 20 grams of carbs per day. You know, it's it's really it's a really, really low amount of carb or 10 to 20 percent carbs per day. Um, so it's a it's yeah, it's a really low amount of carbs and a lot of people end up eating more on the carbohydrates and then that's what kind of backfires on them um and again like i said you know there needs to be more research done there needs to be more research done on humans um and then what was the other part of your question you were like you were asking the more efficient way and what else what i guess yeah you kind of answered it a little bit um just more about what is the correct way to do keto uh, i have a lot of coworkers that claim to be keto but i don't think they really are um and so you see a lot of them who, yeah, like you said, they just kind of, you know, add butter to their coffee or they start eating more red meats to get more of that animal fat in them. But is their protein intake high enough? Uh, are they eating too much carbs? Like what kind of carbs should they be pairing with those fats to make it more efficient for their body, uh, depending on what they do for a living? Like and a lot of my coworkers live, you know, we pretty high stress jobs and we'll get into that in a little bit, but pretty active, pretty high stress. Like how does that, that, affects uh their performance day to day knowing that carbohydrate intake is going to be pretty important for like cortisol levels and insulin and things like that so is it even healthy for a population like that who lives a high stress life high stress job and is very active to even do keto yeah okay so that's really interesting because so keto it's just it's so individualized because there are some people that can really benefit off of keto because it can be a therapeutic diet for people with autoimmune diseases or people, you know, or um, there's even evidence of it being beneficial for kids with autism. Um, so it does come with its benefits, but it's very individualized. Um, and especially with, you know, the high stress job, you know, you want, you want carbohydrates, you want your good carbohydrates to help fuel that, to help balance the cortisol um, and all that. So, Usually keto is not what I recommend, especially if, you know, like on the job, let's say you have to get up and run, you have to get into a, a pursuit and you got to sprint your fastest, you know, you need carbs to help fuel that sprint. But there are people who do work really, really well off of keto. There are like, you know, uh, professional athletes that, that work off of keto. What's it? I said librarians. Librarians. Yeah. Because they don't have to do it. They're just. So they, could know, just, so they could just do keto. I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. Every time <laughs> I think of keto, like it, like, like, like you said, it's all individualized. It's all yeah. like you, we can't sit here and tell you this is this is the guidelines or this is because it it really depends. There, there's so many yeah. variables when it comes to keto. Um, that's pretty much why I only do the Hispanic keto. Which uh, is the, what's that? Which I eat a little. Uh, I eat poquito of this and poquito of that. <laughs> I that's like the only it. Keto I do. That's my, that's my favorite kind of keto. 
<laughs> but yeah, so you you just you have to experiment with everything. And I think another important um, what is it thing to note is uh, who was who was the guy who was one of the trainers on The Biggest Loser because he um, ended up going keto and Bob what. Bob the trainer. Yeah, but yeah, that guy. So he went keto and he ended up having a heart attack because he had a certain gene where high fat was detrimental to his system. And so that's a person where I would say, yeah, definitely don't do keto. Um, so it's just it's very, very individualized. And I would say to your coworkers, you know, if they if they aren't really keto, that's probably why they don't feel cruddy when they work, because, you know, they still have those carbs in their system. But let's say, you know, let's say they truly went keto and they you know, you get through like that two week period where you have what they call the keto flu, where your body's kind of, you know, switching from running off of carbs to the running off of, of fats, which is like a pretty rough week. Um, let's say they get through that and they try to run and, and do their job on keto. If they feel great, more power to them, you know, go to your doctor, get your blood levels tested and things like that. If you're doing well and you're thriving on it, more power to them. But more often than not, a job like that requires, you know, more carbohydrates um, than what would be allowed on a, on a keto diet. Uh, and yeah, it's just, I say this all the time. It's all about experimenting. It's all about trying and seeing what works for you, what's right for you. Um, because if they're going to do that, if they're going to do true keto and they just feel like absolute crud on the job, that's not helping them or anyone else, <laughs> but you know, more good on them for trying to, to better their health. They're, you know, they're trying. Yeah. And I think like, like, I, like we said, it's, it's what we encourage people to do week, week in, week out is do the research. You know, if you're going to take on, you know, I call them fad diets, but if you're going to take on a diet that, you know, is so, uh, like it varies so much that you, you have to know your body. You have to know what you do your research into yourself. Because it's like you said, if, yes. if it's, a, if you're, you do, if your daily, uh, job is something that, you know, you're going to have to lift heavy things. You're going to have to run. You're going to have to move like carbs are going to be your friend, you know. So it, it just you you got to do that research into yourself, do the research into the diet and then work out a plan. Uh, reach out to your local nutritionist. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah. And a, another good example is um, when I was skating at my at my job on Monday night I had a so for my job I cannot say what it is or specify what I do but we basically skate on ice and we sprint really fast three times per period is all I can say uh, and I had um, a coworker who was like hey can you switch off with me you know I'm totally gassed like you know I just I can't I can't skate like I used to and I was like oh what's going on and she's like oh well, I've been trying to cut carbs you know to lose weight and things and I was like dude you cannot do this job off of no carbs, especially if you're doing these high intensity, fast sprints, no way you need your carbohydrates. And so, you know, I, I had a little, I did a little nutrition lesson with her during, during our break. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another good example of, you know, why keto is not bad and it works for some things, but it's not optimal for everything. So anyway, exactly. yeah. So, um, those were the studies of the day. I really like them. I think they spark some really interesting conversation. They spark some good questions. And as always, more research is needed and I will be on the prowl for it. So let's go ahead and get into, um, you know, talking with our, our special guest of the day, Nate. Um, I wanted to, you know, like I said, I wanted to have you on because um, 
before we met, you actually had a little bit of a CrossFit career where you had a little bit um, where you had a nutrition coach and you had a trainer and you were you were pretty much training twice a day, almost every single day. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, can I just say first that that was my first like experience of Nate was, you know, when, when you were like, oh, I'm dating this dude. And I was like, all right, bet. And you, I don't know if you tagged him in like an Instagram post or something like that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go snoop and check this dude out. And I was like, oh, God, he's a CrossFit dude. Like he's every other one. He's powerlifting. He's I'm like, oh, but, you know, I guess he turned out to be OK. <laughs> he turned out to be I. <laughs> I think the day you guys met him, he turned out to be my baby daddy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me tell the folks at home because the so Taylor's like a little sister to myself and uh, our group of friends. So there's, you know, we have a core group of friends and, you know, she's, we met, I met you through one of my best friends and we're a group that's like, it's like a family, you know, they're, they're our our extended family. And so Taylor, we're very protective of Taylor. We're very protective of everybody. Um, And so the plan was, you know, we, we, we're all going to get together and, and sit him down and ask him what his intentions with our little girl were. Uh, but little did we know, you the first thing you did when you came in was tell us that you were expecting. And so we kind of said, well, we figured out his intentions. So I don't know that there's really <laughs> a need to ask the man. But yeah, that was our first real life experience with, uh, with Sir Nate over here. <laughs> and that's how it happens. So pre, uh, pre-baby and pre-dating, let's go ahead and go into, you know, what your CrossFit career was like. What, what, just give us everything. Well, you call it a career. I was more of an enthusiast. <laughs> um, no, I I had aspirations of uh, competing on bigger stages and things like that. Never ended up panning out, but I had a lot of fun while I was doing it. Um, so I, I trained in CrossFit for geez, like four or five years uh, pretty seriously. Um, I got introduced to it by my uncle, who was a CrossFit coach, personal trainer, had a gym here in the Bay Area. Uh after my first couple workouts, I kind of just fell in love with the the style of the workout. I came from an athletic background, growing up, played all different kinds of sports, basketball specifically, and I was just super competitive, and I love the competitive nature of CrossFit. So just kind of got addicted, got hooked, and continued training. Uh, after my first competition, I did pretty well uh, for my little training experience that I had at the time. And so I decided to kind of just go for it and I was in school, I was working part-time, and so I had a lot of time to myself to just train, so kind of just went for it. In, I think it was 2017, I hired my first coach. At the time, I had just kind of got into personal training, so I had a, I had a good background in fitness and nutrition at the time, uh, but programming for myself was pretty hard, just because the nature of the sport workouts are pretty devastating on your body and then you know writing the workouts for myself and looking at them on the board and being like man I really don't want to do this uh was pretty hard so hiring a coach and paying money and having somebody else accountable to you really helped me out with that so I didn't have to do any of my own thinking of my workouts just had them on my phone and then got to it every day um with that uh it was fun um hard but it was really well worth it um and like you said yeah I trained twice a day four days a week and then once a day on that fifth day of training I had two rest days and yeah I don't know what else do you want to know about it well let's also kind of dive into the nutrition part too so what was like what was that like you know number one working with a nutrition coach um for 
competitive CrossFit specifically, um, how, you know, you would meal prep, what your meals looked like, uh, because I remember coming into the picture and anytime I would come over, it was pretty much like steak, sweet potato, broccoli or steak, potatoes, broccoli every single time. It was delicious every time because as I have mentioned on this podcast, I cannot cook, but this man can. So it was, you know, love by first meal. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just go kind of go into the, um, nutrition coaching part of everything yeah so with that uh, competitive aspirations in mind uh, nutrition is a huge part of that you know just fueling your body with the right things to to train at that volume I mean it's you know four hours a day of pretty high intensity training which requires a lot of food to fuel that and to recover from that so you can get after it the next day um, prior to hiring a coach I kind of just ate anything and everything in sight it was like after workouts grabbing a bowl of chipotle or going to you know whatever restaurant and just grabbing a huge burger and a side of fries literally just trying to get as much calories as i could get in and at 20 years old it didn't really have too many negative side effects because of the amount of training i was doing i had basically no responsibilities so i could sleep as much as i wanted to and work out and so it it was easy um Those but the days. yeah <laughs> those days are no more um, but you know, I realized quickly that I, I needed to get my nutrition in line if I was going to ever, uh, progress further, uh, in my competitive career. So I hired a coach. Um, I ate with my coach. Uh, we, there's a macronutrient focused diet. I mean, you know, I was counting macros, I was weighing and measuring every single meal and tracking them on my fitness pal and you know, sending my daily macro count to my coach, um, similar to what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, I, I like to eat a mostly paleo diet. There were certain foods that I would eat that would be more inflammatory to me. So like bread, for instance, couldn't do a whole lot of, at the time, I didn't really like eating a lot of rice. So for me, my meals mostly came down to, like you said, steak, a sweet potato, and some sort of like broccoli or broccolini or asparagus, whatever veggie of the day. Uh, and that also kind of set off my cooking, my love for cooking. Because uh, prior to that, like I said, I'd eat out a lot. Uh, but once I started prepping more and kind of focusing on dialing in my nutrition, I had to cook for myself. So I wanted to make it taste good because I knew that if I was going to cook food for a whole week and it tasted like garbage, I, I wasn't going to follow along with it. So uh, learning how to cook came along with that. And I did that pretty strictly for like over a year or almost every Like I had every meal planned out. Um, breakfast was usually like a shake with like some almond milk, almond butter, some banana, and some protein powder, or sometimes I would do like a breakfast frittata that I would cook for the week and eat that. And lunch and dinner was pretty much the same every day of some tri-tip, sweet potato, and broccoli. What was that? What was that saying that Rick used to have um, about food? Uh, he'd say that sugar is for old people and losers. So I try to stay away from sugar as much as I could. <laughs> I was talking about the one where he was like, eat your meat, your veggies, like minimal starches. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, it, it comes from the CrossFit, uh, Greg Glassman's like fitness in 100 words or less. Um, basically talking about diet as being, you know, lean meats, vegetables and fruits, nuts and seeds, some starch, little sugar, something like that. Um, and I, you know, I always found that as a good outline for, you know, when I was a trainer, giving it to my clients as a, a very general rule of kind of just good foods to eat. Um, you know, there's nothing super specific, but, you know, if you kind of stuck to those guidelines, you 
kind of find yourself in a good spot nutritionally. I was going to say, because like Rick still lives by that to this day. And yeah, and that was like pretty much the basis of what you were doing. I just found it. It's eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and no sugar. But yeah, so that's that's most like that's optimal. I mean, especially for performance. Right. Because, you know, CrossFit, it's like you need to be at your best all the time. So you want to be getting, you know, the highest quality, like everything that goes in your mouth should be the highest quality because everything that goes in your mouth shows on the competition floor. And and eating that way is not easy, uh, especially with the amount of training volume I was doing at the time. My carbohydrate intake was around like 600 grams a day, which is a lot of carbs. And if you're trying to eat all that many carbs uh, from good quality sources, I mean, it's not easy. Um, I ate a lot of sweet potatoes and outside of that, I would kind of supplement with uh, like maltodextrin or cluster dextrin, which is like a carbohydrate supplement that I would do with my protein shakes post-workout. So I'd easy 100 grams of carbs uh, with my protein, mix it up real quick. And right after a workout, it's easily digestible, easily absorbed and had me, you know, ready to recover for my next workout and doing two of those a day. That, that sounds... That sounds exhausting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was constantly eating, like, all day, every day. But Yeah, it, it it's exhausting, but, like, it, it really makes you think, because, like, you know, when when I was, you know, an athlete, I was, I'd like to think I was a pretty top-level athlete, you know, in, like, high school, and, you know, but I was also eating, like, garbage. So, it, like, makes you think, like, I wonder, like, if I, like, if I can go back and tell, like, 15-year-old Eric to, like, you know, hey, maybe don't eat two Subway sandwiches before weightlifting uh, for football, you know, during the day. Or, you know what I mean, maybe don't eat McDonald's during season or, you know what I mean, things like that. Like, it makes you wonder, like, how much, like, yeah, I was still able to achieve all this, like, you know, I was still running. You could still get away with it because you were, yeah. like, young. and Yeah, yeah. and I, it, to me, it was like, I, I'm doing everything right because I'm still running a four, you know, four, like, four, three, 40 second, you know, 40-yard dash, and I'm still, you know, first string soccer player i'm still you know getting recruited by all these you know colleges but you know i'm like like dang like i wonder if i if i had been like on top of my nutrition how much more that would have boosted my game and how much more longevity it would have added to to my career yeah it's like would i have been that much better i mean the good thing is you were still amazing at the time right yeah. so you know yeah and so that's um that's like the really interesting thing about nutrition because people will look at high school students and college students and, you know, ah, whatever. And um, my little sister is an athlete at um, a certain college, which I'm, I'm not going to name because their nutrition isn't the best. Their nutrition coach, um, you know, what the athletes are fed, it's not the best. I look at it and I go, I'm sorry, what? Like, what are they re recommending that you eat? Mm -hmm. uh, do they have a position open? Can I, uh, <laughs> can I step in? Um, but, you know, it's, but, you know, sports nutrition, it's, it's, uh, a difficult field but still i mean even just switching up the types of food that you're eating like going from subway to the sweet potatoes and steak and, and broccoli and it's it's boring but if you if you have the skills you know it makes it a little more interesting and and it makes it more palatable um which is actually something else i wanted to talk about especially with the both of you here today uh was you know number one your your nutrition has kind of evolved a little bit and your cooking has evolved even more um and so now you do a lot of smoking you do a lot of grilling and everything uh so that was something else i wanted to talk about was you know so you kind of started off with nutrition and that's what sparked your love for cooking 
um i feel like i feel like i was there when your cooking kind of evolved but for some weird reason i always i thought like oh he's always loved cooking like the way that you were able to smoothly transition into just oh yeah you know here's a smoker here's a grill here's this and that and um, the way you could just watch a youtube video and then do it and just make the recipe the next day i just i thought that you had always been doing this it didn't occur to me that you were literally evolving right before my eyes yeah um, it was interesting cause like you said, um, it, it kind of evolved as we met. Like when we met, I was still cooking on a gas grill, which, you know, I hate gas grills. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, from, from then on, um, it, it really, yeah, it evolved with my, my kind of love for cooking evolved with my, um, my need for good tasting food that I would eat consistently, uh, to kind of prevent myself from going out to eat or ordering in or whatever. Um, so I, I was forced to, to learn how to do it. At the time, you know, I lived with my aunt and uncle. And so I was kind of, you know, she was cool. She would cook and stuff. But I was kind of, you know, I had to fend for myself food-wise most of the time because, you know, they're busy doing their own thing, whatever. So in order for me to sustain um, the lifestyle I was living and to kind of meet my goals, yeah, I had to do it. So, yeah, a lot of YouTube videos on, you know, different types of recipes and different rubs and different cooking styles and it just yeah continue to evolve to to what i do today when i think like once you start really like once you find what you like it's not hard to start to slowly venture out from there you know what i mean like if you know that you like a certain flavor profile and you're like what would go well with that then you kind of start throwing in maybe like some broccoli would go well with that or maybe you know cauliflower whatever it may be and you start to experiment and then before you know it you have this giant spider web of 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 like taste like yeah, I don't even know what to call it, but you have this big, just arsenal of flavor that you can use at your disposal, and it just slowly, like you said, starts evolving, and and, and then before you know it, you're the one cooking every meal. And <laughs> I feel like was there a little bit of was there a little <laughs> bit of sass in that? Last no, no, no. My <laughs> wife cooks plenty. I know, I know. There would definitely be sass in Nate's voice if he was. I just want to point out the fact that the first time I had taylor make ground beef for me while i was at work she did not put any seasoning in the meat at all okay we don't need to put me on blast on my own podcast thank you very much <laughs> anyways um so oh my god what was i gonna ask you oh yeah so i feel like it's so you know what's so crazy <laughs> is that you know not just not just with nate like all of a sudden being able you know having all these amazing cooking skills and you know everything he makes is is absolutely delicious but you know you and and all the other guys in our group i feel like just i feel like just one day everybody was grilling and it was just like one day it it just i mean is this like a guy thing where you wake up one day and it just it calls you and it's it, a rite of passage yeah like, and I think once a lot of us started, like, actually, like, moving out and having our own homes, like, especially in, like, the Hispanic culture, like, there's this, like, there's just something that goes over you of, like, like, you know, like, I'm the provider, you know what I mean? This, like, caveman instinct of, like, I need to bring, I bring food table, you know, like, <laughs> it, it, you know, so it, if you can't, like, if, if you can't cook a good steak for your wife and for your kids and for your, you know, like, you, like, 
who are you? And especially like when you have friends, there's an cook. identity crisis that comes with this. Well, no. And the, it, like, especially when you have friends that can cook too, then it's like, no, nah, like I got to get it. Cause if, if I come over, like I have this conversation with Kendra all the time. Like I can't, I can't do this. Like I can't cook chicken when the guys come over. Like I gotta, I gotta go out and get a nice tri-tip. Cause then if I, and if this doesn't come out well, like, you know, they're going to roast you in the group chat. <laughs> and so you have to cook well. Like it's just, it, it just is right of passage. It's kind of one of those where like, you know, in like a weird, like, macho way we like push each other to be better cooks that's great i i definitely <laughs> enjoy it i know kendra definitely enjoys it and all the rest of the girls in the group oh my gosh that's amazing um but yeah you know in my defense my cooking has evolved a little bit um i i grew up not eating any red meat i it was only like chicken and fish and you know the super lean white meats and um you know that's just what I did when I was in college I just I just kept cooking those things because that's that's all I knew right and then um I'm eating Nate and now all of a sudden I'm eating red meat like every day and it's absolutely delicious and I'm like what have I been deprived of my whole life and you know as I just progressed more and more in um uh in my career as a nutrition coach and then also just you know my my passion for educating myself on food on how to like you know sustainably source food and the regenerative regenerative agriculture um and quality meats and everything you know you start to realize like oh you know we grew up not eating red meat because it was linked to cancers and it was linked to heart disease but then you start digging a little bit deeper and you realize you know the quality of that meat actually matters and that's what makes the difference and Mm -hmm. um you know and in red meats defense i feel like we may have talked about this already but um Typically, the studies, those observational studies where they say where they link the meat to cancer, um, these are people who also typically smoke and drink often and, you know, eat other like uh, highly processed and refined carbohydrates. So there's a lot of other factors that weren't taken into account um, when some of those headlines came out. And, you know, like I said, when I gave the studies of, of the day this, you know, earlier in the podcast, yeah, there's more to than there's more to a study than just the headline. Yeah, and and you know to your point, it's kind of and and this is my like little like because I know my wife listens to this podcast and my wife cooks very well. Uh, <laughs> she but we just grew up differently, you know what I mean? She grew up in a in a mostly Italian American household, so her staples are, are pasta and you know garlic bread and you know Italian sausages, which is great. But you know I grew up Hispanic, so I'm eating a lot of a lot of meat, a lot of flank steak, a lot of rice, a lot of you know, tortillas, a lot of corn-based, you know, beans, a lot of, like, I guess more cost-effective foods because you have to feed, you know, 20 people or whatever it is that Hispanics have in their house like we did. Uh, so it, it, kind of bringing those together, like, I'm, like, to this day, I'm, like, like, I can't have pasta every day. Like, that's just not, but if it were up to my wife, <laughs> she'd be cooking up spaghetti one day, penne pasta the next day, Alfredo the next day, and that's just, she'd be completely happy with it. So getting. That's her upbringing. Yeah, that's just what we're used to. And, uh, like, even to this day, like, I'm not a huge red meat guy. I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I love a good steak. I love a good tri-tip. But I'm just, you know, for my dietary needs, I just need something a little bit leaner. So I eat a lot of chicken. I eat a lot of fish. Um, I, I love, like, sushi. I love, you know, just chicken breast, getting it nice and seasoned and, and eating it with rice. Like, that's, that's, like, a staple for me right now. But... You know, I'll get down on some, I'll get down on some steaks too. Um, <laughs> and with your cooking skills, it's like you can make anything delicious, mm-hmm. anything palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of like I said, it's it's all about just expanding, like what, being not being afraid to to give it a shot. Yeah, you know, find what works for you, find seasoning, find a good, uh, you know, that's the good thing about meat is like once you find like a good rub, 
like it will work on most meats and you can kind of like I, I i love kinders that's like one of my favorite uh uh rubs to use just because it's simple you know what i mean like i have a couple that are like you know like jim bob's barbecue rub you know from you know that's somebody uh, homegrown selling them but um you know i'll just go through and find like the buttery steakhouse does that pair well with the tequila lime or whatever i mean just kind of start playing with it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you learn and you live and you know you could always cook another steak yeah 100 percent agree with that and, and yeah, it just like you said, just finding the different flavor profiles that you like, um, you know, with cooking different kind of meats, there's always different marinades and different um, different combinations of spices that you can add to it to, you know, like you said, you know, your wife, Kendra, she loves the Italian flavor. So you can definitely go for the more of like the you know rosemary, thyme and garlic and kind of those flavor profiles on your tri-tip or you can go for the more, you know, Hispanic, like Santa Maria style of like, you know, adding some more cumin and coriander and, mm-hmm. you know, cilantro on there. And you're going to get, you know, same cut of meat, two different totally flavor profiles. Um, just kind of fit, you know, whatever it is that you like to eat. Mm-hmm. I love when you add like wood to the to the grill and you're like, this is cherry wood. It's going to add, you know, da, 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 and then here's some oak and it's a little bit lighter. And I'm just like, oh, the wood. The wood, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all flavor. Yeah, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this later, but, yes, that's that's why I, I, I just don't like cooking on gas grills because I don't think it imparts anything other than heat into your food, mm-hmm. and I'm just not a fan. I love cooking over a live fire with some charcoal and some freshly chopped wood, and uh, it, it definitely, for me, it's like a, it's a, an experience of cooking. Um, it's kind of like my safe place or not safe place but like my i don't know escape i guess just you know getting that fire started feeling the heat you know hearing that wood crackle and smelling the different types of smokes that you get from your different cuts of wood and how it impacts the meat that you're cooking you know i just love it well that's something that i've i've really like over the last couple years really started to try to because well you love cooking i love eating i love food same food's food's delicious (laughs) food is is a comfort but i don't think enough people really stop and enjoy their food i think a lot of people just gobble the food up because it's it's gonna fill your stomach or because they think that they're enjoying it but like it's just like like one for your health that there's a um you know there's a study that says that you're supposed to chew your food what like 30 times before you swallow yeah it's like 30 to 40 yeah, because of the suggestion, but that not only helps you digest your food because of the enzymes in your saliva, mm-hmm. but you're also really savoring your your the food. You're you know you you have taste buds all over your tongue, right? And it's just like those charts that they showed you when you were younger, where you know one side's the acid, one side's the the sweet. You know, so if you really take that time to just and, and this sounds kind of you know gross, but like if you like swirl the food in your mouth, you're like really chewing it, really enjoying it. You're really gonna start to uh, unlock those flavor profiles. Like I'll sit there and I'll tell my wife like, "Hey, try this. Tell me what like I I know what it needs, but tell me what you taste in there and tell me what would make it better." So I challenge her to sit there like, "Does it need more salt? Does it maybe a hint of rosemary? Maybe a hint of this? Like let me know." And then it just starts to kind of you start to develop that and you start to understand like flavor profiles and it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, I it all comes food. together. I do the same. Nate cooks. I eat it. I enjoy all of it. <laughs> it's yeah. So yeah. So um, you're cooking 
evolved uh, fantastically, in my opinion. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to um, your your career change. So you went from you know working in health and fitness um, to a career in law enforcement. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about how that transition was for you. Um, you know, when it came to a, just maintaining health and fitness, maintaining nutrition and, and exercise. Um, and then all while, you know, dealing with the stress of, of me being pregnant at the time. Um, yeah. So just go ahead and and tell us a little bit about that. And I just want to say Nate's probably the best meter mate that I've ever seen. He rides those scooters and he wears those short shorts like nobody. Like the guys from Reno 911 with the boots. Like that. He's amazing. That's, I can write a ticket like nobody's guy. business. <laughs> I hate writing tickets. Um, yeah. So uh, transition to a career in law enforcement in, what was it, like starting in 2018-ish, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I just kind of realized that the career in health and fitness was more... Um, it was more self-serving than anything else. Like I didn't really care about my clients anymore. And that sounds kind of harsh, but like it was kind of true where if they were getting results or not getting results, I didn't really care. And I knew that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't doing them any good. It wasn't doing me any good. So I knew that it was time for me to try to find something else. And on top of that, uh, you know, Taylor was pregnant at the time. Uh, my job didn't provide me what I felt like I needed to provide for my family as far as income, you know, retirement plan, insurance, the kind of things you don't really think about until you're getting ready to have a kid or until, you know, you're thinking about your future. At the time, it was a paycheck and I got to work out every day and it was great. But, you know, once I found out I was going to be a dad, everything kind of changed. So I wanted to find something different. Um, Law enforcement was uh, something I'd always been interested in, but never really took seriously until then. Um, applied to a bunch of different agencies in our area, didn't get hired anywhere. Uh, so I decided to put myself through an academy. Um, so I was working full time, going to a part time academy at night, three days a week and all day on one day a week. And so it was a lot. Um, but you know, it was worth it in the end. Uh, I kind of built up my career, my, uh, like kind of my resume when I was applying out to different agencies, you know, being able to tell them that, you know, this is the work I put in to, to try to get hired here. Um, so eventually it worked out. I got hired by an agency uh, here in the Bay Area and going through the academy was super rough. Uh, I think Ava was five at the, or five months at the time when I started. Um, so she was super young. Thank God she was like sleeping mostly through the night when I started the academy because if not, uh, I don't know what I would have done. Like, you know, I'm up at, you know, 3.34 a.m. every day not getting home until you know, 6.30 or 7 p.m. at night super stressed out from getting yelled at by our training officers and trying to study and do all these different things. So it was super stressful. Um, but our academy did have a big focus on what they called lifetime fitness, um, recognizing that majority of law enforcement officers in America are obese or overweight. And so, you know, trying to change that trajectory for future law enforcement. So we did have a big emphasis on, on physical training, which we did multiple times a week. Um, talked to us about nutrition a lot. And so I had to bring lunch every day to work because we did not have an open campus. We couldn't leave to go get lunch. So, you know, I kind of continued on with my meal prepping that I had learned from my, you know, career in trying to compete in CrossFit and took that into my law enforcement career. And yeah, it's been working out pretty well. 
Now, I have a question about that because uh, you, you say that it kind of transitioned over, but, uh, you know, going from, you know, like wanting a career in CrossFit, uh, how does that differ from wanting, you know, from the, the food, food-wise, from your career in law enforcement now? Because I, I don't know that in CrossFit you're necessarily looking at the longevity. You're looking at, you know, just wanting to be strong, wanting to be – this is an outsider's perspective, right? But, like, now in law enforcement – not only do you have to think about the now, but you also have to think about the later. You have to think about, you know, how long can you really, you know, be on a beat? How long can you really, like, chase after a guy? How long can you really, you know, because you have, there's requirements for, like, you know, if you have a partner, you got to be able to help them out in those kinds of situations. Now, does that go through your mind while you're thinking about nutrition-wise? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it does through Taylor's. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, you know, being a CrossFit competitor, like you said, 100%, your focus is on the short term. It's on 100% performance. So your your dietary, you know, nutrition lifestyle is going to be way different um, because you're eating to perform. That's it, right? Um, with my new career now in law enforcement, it's much more of a balance because, you know, I'm not eating 600 grams of carbs a day anymore, right? Like, I'm still trying to get enough carbs to to fuel myself, you know, through a 12 and a half hour shift and to fuel myself for those adrenaline dumps that you get on those high stress calls. But it's nowhere near the amount that I was eating as a CrossFit competitor. And and for uh, the I'll most part, I, d- I do the shopping like I'm the one that picks the picks the food. So at least I know, you know, um, we don't eat, you know, perfectly paleo um, like we did back back then um but we do try to to incorporate um the highest quality foods and you know let's say like we wanted to eat something that was like off off nutrition or something i at least make sure that the ingredients are are high quality you know i make sure that whatever processed food that we do eat is you know has minimal ingredients is minimally processed um so at least i know that whatever it is that he's cooking in the house now like is the highest quality has the highest quality ingredients that it can have yeah, no, that the, I, and I can tell you, I, I've well, one thing that I'm gonna have to call uh, cap on, like you, you, that's a lie, is that uh, you do need 600 grams uh, of carbs every day because I have met your daughter, and that little whirlwind has energy for days. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I would highly suggest making sure that you keep <laughs> your carbs up for that little one because I drink copious amounts of caffeine every day. So yes. that's that's what keeps me going for that. <laughs> yeah. That's, she's a little spitball, yeah. but we love her. Yeah, no, but yeah, for sure. Um, you know, going going back to the longevity point. Um, yeah, it's a thirty year career, hopefully, right, to get to retirement. So at twenty five, I've a long time to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my my retirement age is technically fifty seven. So I got I got a lot a little while to go, and you know, wearing thirty pounds on your waist every day, sitting in a car. 12 and a half hours it, it definitely takes away on your body so my focus definitely changes from you know focusing on you know lifting the most amount of weight possible or running the fastest that I can or doing the most amount of pull-ups that I can to you know my training has definitely shifted more towards uh, you know building a decent aerobic capacity still staying strong but you know focusing on different things um, and then my nutrition changes along with that so I'm not eating nearly as much as I was you know, when I was training for CrossFit, but still eating a good amount of calories, trying to get the best quality foods that I can. Um, you know, something you see a lot in law enforcement is especially, you know, working night shifts. There's not a lot of food options out there. So for the guys who 
aren't bringing their own lunch. It's like, you know, they're going to 7-Eleven and eating 7-Eleven taquitos or, um, you know, whatever little you know, snacks and donuts they can grab and then, you know, feeling super tired and trying to wonder why. And it's like, yeah, like, look what you're eating. You know, if you, you know, for me, if I, you know, bring in lunch and I'm eating, you know, some leftover steak and bringing in a salad or some broccoli with me, you know, I feel a lot better than huh. if I were to, you know, try to grab like a burger or something. But to be fair, and because I listen to a lot, because I'm I'm a sports guy, so I listen to a lot of like, I'm I'm a podcast guy. Like I love listening to other people talk about the stuff that I like. You know what I mean? Um, but I was listening to a, it's like a podcast slash like internet show with uh, Chad Ochocinco from the NFL. Uh, he's a retired NFL wide receiver, and he had a couple of uh, current wide receivers on the show, and he was asking them what they eat. And one of them, who's like big star in the NFL right now, was like. I ate McDonald's on game days, and I'm like, what? So it's like, Yikes. yeah, So, but just because it works for him doesn't mean it's going to work for you, just like keto. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. You got to try to experiment with everything. So so your training has shifted a little bit to be a little more catered towards what you're doing now rather than, you know, CrossFit performance. Um, when you were in the academy, you know, it was Monday through Friday. You had your weekends to work out um, or you could work out early in the morning before you went to the academy. I know we had a couple of 4 a.m. days because that's what fit around our schedule with Ava, with our daughter. Um, and oh, so that was another topic that I wanted to get into was just kind of how how we're raising Ava right now and and what we've done. Because, you know, her very her very first solid food was was avocado and her very first couple of months of life was strictly meats and vegetables. Um, there was nothing um there was no sugar it was literally fruits and vegetables for the first year of her life and then we started branching out to the other things and we were giving her uh, puffs and then we were giving her blueberries which she is now scarily addicted to <laughs> like every single day like every other hour she runs to the fridge blueberries that's probably one of the first words that she could enunciate because she loved blueberries so much yeah i just witnessed her like kill 40 blueberries on my couch like yeah. she she got i've never seen her that quiet yeah blueberries like will fix anything if she's having a bad day like if i feel bad like oh she like hit and like she you know she fell and scraped her knee here's some blueberries honey it fixes everything yeah yeah she usually like when she comes over to do the podcast usually like she's you know running around she's but nope blueberries and what like puppy dog pals puppy or dog pals yeah that <laughs> she was sitting there with a container full of them in front of her munching away and asking for puppy dog pals and I, that was that's that it was magical life is good you know, <laughs> so, OK, so I wanted to ask you and I wanted you to talk about a little bit about, um, you know, how how we're raising her right now and how you want to see that continue to evolve with her, both both with nutrition and fitness, because I think we both, you know, we want her to be athletic, but we also don't want to push anything on her. You know, like we want her to pick what she wants to do and then just help which is going to be soccer which you know what we have a basketball hoop at our house so no oh, don't worry. Don't <laughs> no worry. no soccer goal just yet <laughs> yet i made sure i made sure that was the first sport that entered entered our home because i knew he was going to be upset if it was soccer um, so just kind of like what your hopes and aspirations are for her and and what you want to try and help her focus on the most growing up just just to help um, not necessarily push her in any direction, but just to help any direction that she chooses grow. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think as most parents know, your kids are going to want to eat whatever you eat. Um, so it, you know, kind of helps us to kind of keep us ourselves accountable with what we eat, right? Trying to eat 
you know, the healthier foods. And she's always, even if she has literally the exact same food on her plate, she wants to eat whatever's on our plate. So as long as we are putting good stuff on our plate, you know, she's getting in good nutrition. And like you mentioned earlier from birth, pretty much, she's been eating all organic, grass fed, whatever, you know, all the good high quality foods. And I know you've talked about the baby foods in the past. Um, but yeah, it, you know, and it, you know, knowing what we know about nutrition and child development, it's, you know, putting, trying to put in the best quality foods that we can in her. And, you know, we've seen it, um, benefit her, right? Like she's a super healthy kid, tons of energy. She's super articulate for how old she is. And it's been great. And I just want that to carry on with her in the future. Like she watches us work out in the garage and she wants to try to do exactly the same things that we're doing. So for us, it's just, you know, being a good example to her, um, you know, and hopefully she wants to continue following along with that as she gets older. She's already deadlifting, by the way, if anyone hasn't seen my Instagram post. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she really does. Like she'll just pick up weights and, and she'll start doing like lateral lifts. Like like because that's what she's capable of right now. That's kind of the functions that she can do. She she doesn't she can't really do a bicep crawl yet, you know. So she'll do lateral, she'll do front lifts and she'll do um what is it, deadlifts. Uh so it's it's fun to see that that inspiration, you know it's fun to see that spark in her right now. Cause then I don't feel like I, not that I would have to, but I don't feel like I, I would be pushing her towards something she didn't want to do. She will naturally want to be active and athletic and whatever, whatever sport, whatever activity she chooses, we can just help, help it flourish. Um, and then just, um, hopefully continue to, um, uh, you know, give her, good food, ha- like, you know, ha- allow her to grow up with good food habits, but without developing a bad relationship with food. So it's not like creating anxiety around food at all. You know, I want it, I want her to develop a healthy relationship with food while also just, you know, knowing what's going to benefit her performance versus, um, you know, what might hinder, like, yes, these foods are fun, but a little too much of it might hinder, hinder your goals or what you're trying to do in life. And for the listeners, make no mistake about it. We love to order in our food every now and then, and I love myself a good bacon cheeseburger. So, you know, we we definitely indulge in that, uh, you know, our fair share, and Ava will, you know, have her little bits and pieces of our food. So, like you said, it's all about balance and, you know, just building a good foundation and, you know, not being afraid to go out for, you know, whatever it is your, you know, your favorite cheat meal is every now and then. Um, it's It's not a bad thing. Yeah, she'll still have pizza night with her girls someday. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so last last little segment that I wanted to go over with you. I, I put out a um, little question box on Instagram, you know, so people were anticipating you being on the, on the podcast. And uh, we had some questions that came in for you. And uh, the first one was, when barbecuing, is charcoal really that much better than gas and why? Yes. I've yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier. Um, and, you know, the short answer, yes. Um, it, you know, gas for me doesn't really, like I said earlier, it doesn't impart really anything of value into the meat. Well, to add to that, so propane is literally what, like, by nature is an odorless, flavorless gas. So, like you said, it, it literally is just adding heat. So there's no, there's no benefit to it. You know, I cook with, I cook with, gas throughout the week just because it's easy you know when we're trying to like oh we just got home from work let's you know let's go throw some chicken on the grill throw some 
some quick seasonings on it and just really quickly. So flavorless. Yeah. One thing too about gas that I've noticed and something that I kind of looked into online too is that uh, it does take some moisture away from the meat. Um, whereas cooking with charcoal and wood will actually add moisture to it. So if you're noticing that your steaks are drying out or your chicken's drying out and you're cooking on gas, that's probably why. Um, I know when I first really got into cooking, like I cooked on gas. When we had our apartment, we weren't allowed to have a grill in our patio, so I had to cook on their gas grills. But once we got our own place and we were able to cook with uh, charcoal over a live fire, that's, that's all I cook with. Yeah, and it's 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 like seasoning. You, like you can play with it too. You know what I mean? There's different kinds of charcoal. There's charcoal that has like mesquite built into it. There's you know, so you could play around with it and really mess with the flavor profile and find what you really like. Yeah, I mean, we could literally have a whole podcast episode about this, so we won't you know dive in too deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have a we'll have a part two if we have some some special requests on this one. <laughs> Um, so the other question that you got, and I think, you know, I think he's asking this from, uh, just, just your, your whole experience being a trainer and having a nutrition coach for a while. And then also, you know, um, being engaged in and living with a nutrition coach now, um, how effective are juice cleanses if they are effective at all? I haven't really ever seen any success with juice cleanses. It's mostly a mental thing. I think, um, you know, people think that they're putting good stuff into their bodies so they you know try to make themselves feel better but i you know i've never really seen any you know real benefits to it i think the whole like cleanse mentality in general is something that should be avoided um it kind of goes into those like you know 21 day challenges or uh you know these quick fix kind of things where you know your nutrition journey your health and fitness journey is not you know it's a journey Exactly. Like it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not something that you can fix, you know, with a three day cleanse. It, it takes time and just slowly making better choices with what you're eating and what you're doing on a daily basis. And it's just not enjoyable. I enjoy solid food so much and I enjoy your solid food, like your your the meat that you cook, like, you know, all that all that stuff, all the meals that we have um at home i could just never do a juice cleanse i would be two juices into it and be like all right i quit i would know you know what it would be i would be a couple of of juices in and then you would start barbecuing and then i would go and i'm done i'd be done (laughs) (laughs) i could not oh my gosh um well thank you so much for coming on my podcast it was actually really really nice having you on um you've been so supportive and so amazing and you're doing awesome at your job so it was really great getting to, um, you know, ask you some questions and just let the people get to know you. Um, because, again, like that just opens up um, our life a little bit more to everyone. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah. All right. So where can people find you on the socials? Nowhere. Okay, so he's going incognito today. Um, <laughs> Eric, how about you? If, if we have any RC fans out there. Oh, Black Turtle Garage. That's where you can always find me. But if you just want to follow me. Actually, I had some people follow my my like YouTube account. It's my personal account, but it's the one I use mostly for YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, at Official Black Turtle. I had some people uh, follow me that I'm assuming is because of this podcast because they would I don't think they would have otherwise followed me. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, which is kind of cool. So shout out to them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You never know. We could have some RC fans out here, mm-hmm. um, some Black Turtle Garage fans. So that's awesome. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Taylor underscore Noriega underscore. 
Um, as always, thanks for listening, guys. Um, and that is the Vital Vita. CrossFit career. <laughs>